Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Micah being a better me every day. We're back at it again. I am series. It is super amazing that you tuned in. It's super amazing that we have been able to get to know so many different people from so many different backgrounds, and I just want to keep this rolling. And I was thinking, what better way to really keep it rolling than to talk to someone who was even more within the education field? I remember the podcast that I did before. It was I Am Head of Education. Um, And you all really loved it. You all really implemented a lot of those things and told me some of those things that you liked on what um, Mrs. Jennifer Newman said and I wanted to get a mix of both because you also really like the entrepreneur. And I'm like, hmm, I think I know the perfect person. And that leads me to Dr. Regina Banks Hall. So this woman is a life coach, a doctor, a professor, an entrepreneur. She makes it look so effortless but she works her butt off every single day. And I'm just super happy to have her on the podcast. So Dr. Regina Banks-Hall, how are you today? First of all, thank you so much for even getting on the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I am doing wonderful. I'm excited to be here with you today. And it's Friday. It's we're heading into Memorial Weekend, and mm. I am, uh, no, Labor Day Weekend. Yep. And I'm just excited to spend some time with my family and friends, but also spend this moment with you. Yay! Yeah, see, everyone, do you see why I like her? She's just so polite, so nice. I love it. I love the energy. <laughs> <laughs> I love the energy. I love the energy. So let's just get right into it, y'all. You know I don't like to waste any time. Um, You all heard of everything that she really does. And I just wanted to break it down um, just individually since you do do a lot of things. And before we even get into that, I just want the people to kind of know a little bit about you personally. Um, if you can, just tell us a little bit about your life, something personal. What 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 are some of the things and morals that you kind of learned when you were younger? Just who is Dr. Regina Banks-All? Well, I grew up in the church. My father is a pastor. My mother is also a minister. And we were a close-knit family. We were told to love each other, support each other. That family was very important, and family was all you had. At the end (laughs) of the day, you could acquire a lot of things, but family was all you had. And my parents promoted education. They encouraged us to follow our dreams. And so me and my my brothers and sisters, we are, you know, passionate about the things that we do. We sometimes compete with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, we keep tabs on what each of us is doing because it allows us to encourage ourselves to push forward. And when one of us is doing something great, we're good at just calling uh, each other to say, you know, hey, I saw you. Congratulations. Best wishes. And now we are trying to instill those values, at least for them, in uh, our children so that they can also follow those same footsteps. I I love it. So one thing that I really heard when you were talking about that um, is just that family value. How 
would you rate that as, so there are a lot of people that, you know, they don't really, they're, they're not close with all of their family. How important would you kind of say family is like, did you, cause when you were explaining a lot, I heard a lot about family. Do you think that was a pivotal part for you to be able to do so much that you're doing now? I do because when I needed encouragement, I could talk to a sister. I could call my mom. Uh, I could talk to my dad. Family was important because you can find strength in family. And sometimes you go out there and you do uh, different things. Maybe you get in trouble and you need to come back home, uh, receive some love and a spanking at the same time to say, okay, don't do that again. Mm -hmm. And so family was was really critical. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, when you lose a, a sibling, a parent, you're losing something that's very critical uh, for you. And so I embrace my family, my personal family, as well as my as my husband's family as well, because I just know that it's just so important. I love it. That that is. That's just, it, it strikes me as um, just very crucial for a lot of the audience to really understand to not take your family for granted. You know, like just not taking those, your your mom or your dad, your cousins, your uncles, your brothers, just for granted. It's very important, you know, this weekend here in the United States, we're, bur we're burying two very important people who yeah. were critical you know, in our yeah. society, and I feel for their families right now, but they do have their memories, and I can tell just from what I have watched, all of the love and support that uh, they uh, have had uh, in their lives, and it just reminded me that we uh, must remember to let people give them their flowers while they can still smell them. Tell people that you love them. You know, stop fighting over really insignificant things and just embrace your family move forward now family's tough you know sometimes you know you butt heads you know you have to have a conversation um but at the end of the day when you need something you know that you can count on your family and you were basically that person who you knew you could count on your family just as you grew up yes that's lovely so since you do a lot what are some of the things that you do to kind of chill out like what what are some of the things that you do to kind of relax that still makes you better but you do a lot <laughs> I what do. do you do I'm a very active person I love to be engaged in doing things I love to play golf I love um, to read I love to um just take walks I love the scenery because sometimes you need to just unwind and let your mind take a break. Let your mind uh, chill. I like to hang out with college students. You know, sometimes I just love to just be in the conversation. I just love to pick their brains on, you know, what's going on. I'm always trying to, to find out what is the latest, you know, what's, what's the new word. Uh, a lot of those different things because they help keep me young, as I would say. So have you uh, partaken in the Kiki Challenge? 
Do you know what that is? No, I, no. I have to learn about that, and you and you will share that with me today. And so now I will be up on that as well. It's going to be interesting. We might have a video of us trying to do the Kiki Challenge. You all know what it is. We'll see if that gets done. But um, um, this is another thing that I want to really implement more is I want anybody who's listening to kind of gain that relationship with whoever is watching. And... How I like to do that is just kind of share something funny, like just something funny, personal that has happened to us that we're just like, I cannot believe this just happened. <laughs> what What's one of those things to you? Well, um, I love to hang out with girlfriends and good friends. So one day I'm on the golf course with some lady friends of mine. Now, golf is a game of rules. Mm-hmm. But for this group of ladies, there were no rules. We're just out playing golf. We all know those type of people who usually is like, oh, I don't play by those rules. Nope. nope. They're teeing their ball up on the fairway. And it's my first time with them. A good friend of mine was part of this club. And I'm like, you know, that's really not a golf rule. And so they let me know this, like, listen. Now, we know that you follow rules and protocols, <laughs> but we're just out here to just have fun. We're just, just just a relaxing Friday night. You know, there's no rules. You can tee your ball up on the fairway. You can hit another ball. We don't care what you do. We're just playing golf. And so I, I said, okay. So we get out. We're having a good time. And this particular golf course has a lot of animals. And so... Since I am a competitor somewhat, I was actually trying to win. And (laughs) I noticed that they were watching me as I was trying to chip my ball up on the uh, green. And when I turned around, there was a fox standing behind me looking at me. And so I look at them and say, hey, how come you guys did not tell me that this fox was looking at the back of my leg here? <laughs> like, this is dinner. And they said, we didn't want to mess up your shot. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'm going to need everybody. I said, So I said, you know what? I need to see what you all are drinking. Because I need for you to, ma- I, I need for you guys to protect me. <laughs> I can't go home uh, with a, with half with, with a uh, bite in the back of my leg, and so. So they said they were drinking water, but now it's suspect. Yeah, so now I'm, I'm a little critical. It's, a, uh, it's now a little critical. That wasn't just H two O. Yes, I get it. That was H two O plus forty percent proof. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that was one of one of my. Uh, funny moments but I just love uh, people and so I love to do uh you know different things um I'm still trying to learn how to actually bowl uh, correctly I love to go to the uh the bowling alley but just for Mm -hmm. some reason I just can't release the ball right so I'm working Mm -hmm. on that that will be something that I will learn um new that's a 2019 goal Uh, My goals are set for 2018. You know what? It's very interesting that you're still creating these types of goals just to have fun. Um, And I believe everybody's going to understand the reason why. So let's break down just a couple of the things that you really do. You, I want to understand this part of your life, which is, you know, the doctor wielding Regina Banks. Uh, You have a Ph.D., 
a lot of people kind of amass to get that. That is the ultimate thing in school. Like after that, like, you know, you're good. Um, what made you, first of all, have the desire to get a PhD? Well, one of the things, it was, uh, I was working at Chrysler 2008, and they had the economic crisis. And, of course, lots of people were, were laid off. And at that time, I decided to go back to school. And I was, while I was working on my master's degree, I was encouraging some ladies to go back to school. And I found that my quest for knowledge really increased. And as I learned more, I got excited about it. And then I shared my excitement with others. And so I found ladies who were, um, my father-in-law was ill at the time and he was in a nursing home. And so I would spend time uh, with him and I began to encourage those young ladies to go back to school to become nurses. And I saw in that time frame that they were excited about their life. And after I completed my master's degree, I decided that I wanted to learn more. And so I decided to go back for my doctorate degree because I recognized that I was passionate about helping people mm. and that I needed more knowledge. I needed to, to know more so that I could um, be a better coach, that I could share what I've learned to help you see that with a plan, with support, that you could live out your dreams. Now, it's hard. It's hard still being able to go back to school, even though you knew you needed to learn more. It's still hard, right? Like, it's still hard, like, to give your, you know, your speech and then just keep going back. Um, lots of people, they try and do it so fast. Um, I, I, I know so many people who, like, wear themselves out. So, like... What made you get the perseverance to, even though you knew you needed more, like what helped you actually achieve that? I am a person that believes in vision. I believe that you actually have to paint the vision for yourself. So when I decided to go back for my doctorate degree, I began to act, walk, think like a doctor. I was hmm. calling myself Dr. Banks Paul before I had even defended. And so one of the things that I like to do when I'm coaching people is I focus on the vision. I tell you that you must become the person that you want to be. You must live it. You must believe it. Because if you believe in yourself and if you paint the visual in front of you and you can see it every day, then you make it come to pass. So I say that, you know, you have to be able to see beyond the wall that is in front of you, that you actually have to have faith that you actually can do it. And then you, each time you celebrate a, an achievement, a small milestone, you celebrate that and you use that as encouragement to push forward. So for me, it was about seeing myself with that cap on, calling myself Dr. Banks Paul. You know, I ordered business cards for myself. I mean, I really painted that visual. I found a, a cap and gown, and I began to really live the life of Dr. Banks Hall. So you really made it hard on your natural self to kind of want to psych itself out and say, you know what, you might not be able to do it. You kind of like almost bought, for example, like 
I always think in metaphor, you all know this, like it's you bought, let's say someone wanted to lose weight. You know, they bought the size clothes that they want to wear. They stopped buying clothes yes. for their natural size. Because when you train, because when you do that, you actually train your thinking. So now your thought process is if a person is trying to lose weight and they're buying the clothes for the size that they actually want to be, now they actually have to engage in the activity mm-hmm. that's going to actually get them there. So for me, wanting to become a doctor, I have to engage in that activity. I'm retraining my thinking to say that you can do it. And that was one of the strategies that I used to actually push forward. And um, the other key thing, I am not a quitter. When I start something, I'm going to finish. And then I think the final thing that I use that motivates me is that when I have goals, when I have things that I'm trying to accomplish, I'm careful about who I share those goals with. Hmm. Because sometimes, and I believe that people do not mean any harm, but sometimes they may squash your, your dreams. So I'm very selective about what I want to do. And then I create tunnel vision and I just push forward. That is so interesting. So you said a lot. I believe that could help so many people actually want to complete or I I know I could take something along with actively being a part of your future. You know, not just saying, hey, I want to do this, but actively being a part of making that future happen. But out of everything you said, what is the one main thing you will want somebody to know who, let's say, is trying to get to their PhD? They haven't even finished their bachelor's, right? So they're like, you know, still trying to get that finished. It's kind of getting hard. But they have a goal to get that PhD. What's that number one thing that you would tell them? They must, and I'm not really sure who wrote this, but I love this saying, follow, they must focus, follow one course until successful. So they must focus on the goal. Follow one course course until until successful. successful. That's the, okay, Mm -hmm. gotcha. So if they want to earn the PhD and they know that they actually have to complete the the bachelor's degree, then they actually need to be on the university, enrolled in school, taking it one step at a time. And then they have to realize that it's a short-term sacrifice or a long-term gain, whatever the goal that they actually believe. And then they need to find a picture of themselves in their uh, bachelor's degree role, paint that visual, and find people, review their circle, their inner circle, and put people in their lives that will motivate encourage and support them so review the people that they are receiving advice from and determine you know i need a a cheering squad i need somebody to to push me forward so that i can stay motivated share your ideas and dreams with people that are like-minded that are pushing forward you may not have the same goals but you can at least encourage and motivate each other to move forward and achieve success. And the reason why this is so important is because there's one thing that hurts us all, and that's time. We can never get it back. And so we must manage our time effectively, and we must just go for it. There's nothing that keeps us from achieving success other than ourselves. Uh, For many people, they are the only thing that's standing in their way. Because you can build up enough strength to get around other negative influences, but you have to train your thinking and yourself to say, I can do it. 
I'm able to do it. I'm gifted to do it. I have the skills to do it. Um, you may not think I can do it, but because I know that I can do it, mm-hmm. I can do it. And that's the attitude that I actually have. And that's another key part. And I'll have to come back to talk about some of those different things because attitude, confidence, they're very, very important in success. You must have the, the right attitude about who you are and what you can accomplish. And you must be confident in your abilities. That's one thing we always like to say here. You really hit the nail on the head, if I had to use that type of phrase, uh, because being a better me every day, bad me, that's what people are listening to right now. You know, we're, we're all just trying to be better. Mm-hmm. We're all trying to take that step forward that every day I can be better than my yesterday. There is something that, uh, you know, when you try and enter that better life, and this is for anybody who's listening, when you try to enter this better life, you will notice, I said will, not probably, but will notice people who may think that, oh, so you're better than me now? Like, oh, so you just think you got your stuff together and you just looking down on us. And and, and, and it's really not that. It's just <laughs> it's that not. you're focused on what you are trying to do. It's about um, the attitude that you have and in the belief that you will be successful. Yeah. And so it's not an attitude that you're better than anybody. It's just that you're focused on your goals. And sometimes people look at it that way because they see that you're doing something different. They see that you're stepping outside your comfort zone. You're taking that next step. You're being a better me. You're trying to live life better. And in order to do that, you have to push yourself. You have to. You, you cannot accept the status quo. You have to say, I can do it. Mm-hmm. I'm capable. I'm able. And there are thousands of people that we see on TV every day that paint that picture that show us that we can do it because they have done it. So we all have that opportunity, but it is about training our thinking, training our, uh, changing our attitude mm-hmm. and then pushing ourselves to achieve success. You know, one thing that we say here is, To those people who might think that we are so-called trying to be better is that I'm not better than anyone except my yesterday. That's true. I love that. I really, really do. That's that's just the gist of it. I'm not better than anyone except for my yesterday. I'm better than that guy. And that's just the confidence you got to walk in. Now, you that that's one part of your life out of the many things you do. You not only are a PhD holder, but you are a professor. Now, tell the, tell the people, who, where do you teach at? Well, I'm currently teaching at Concordia and Cleary. I love both of these universities. And I'm in the School of Business, and so I teach economics, okay. uh, HR, marketing, business stats. I teach all the courses that most students wait till their senior year to actually take. Which one is your favorite to teach? My favorite course is actually economics. Really? What about it? I love uh, talking about supply and demand, businesses, understanding the markets, understanding the micro um, and macro economy. Because for a lot of people, they do not realize that they are actually part of the economy. If you buy a cell phone, buy a meal, if you start a business, you are helping the economy. And the economy is all of us. So our collective input is actually very important. And so I love to 
use case studies and debates. I love to debate different topics because I'm trying to help every individual see that you, as you, especially for college students, once you graduate from college, you are starting your career and a family. What you believe now may not believe, your beliefs will change because you are a different person. You are evolving. And it is important for you to understand if you're starting a business, what matters to you. Uh, my other favorite topic besides that is human resources management. Because human resources management is about building people. If I am an organization, it's about really building up my most important asset. And that's the way that I teach it, your human capital talent. Making sure that you have the right people, that they are, you're building leaders that can lead your organizations. You're looking at your next CEO, your next manager. And so to take um, college students and show them that they are the next generation, they, they are the next leaders. So have you always wanted to be a professor? Yes. So when, when was that like one of your childhood goals? It was like... one of my goals and dreams, and I just never acted on it. Hmm. And in 2008, when uh, Chrysler was having their challenges, I saw my chance, and I, and I went for it. I saw that I had a second chance to really do something that I wanted to do. Because what I found is that we can work in all different types of fields. We can earn a lot of money doing a lot of different things. But when we are really doing what we are passionate about and what we love, we give it 150%. We do more because it's, it's important to us. And so I tell people that if you really engage in what you love and what you want to do, your resources are coming because you're giving it 100%. You are engaging in that activity with a million-dollar mindset. And once you begin to see it and work in it in that capacity, million-dollar things will begin to happen because your thinking will change, your attitude, your actions, everything that you do will take on that mindset. Now, you're so true, right? Everyone who's listening, when you really want to do something, like, let's be real, when you really want to do something, you're going to find a way to do it. And that should be all of the our passions, our dreams, um, our purpose. That's the gist of it. That's true. Now, I had the pleasure, um, in, in the beginning of this podcast, you probably overheard me, I had the pleasure of speaking to the head of education within Oakland Early College. This is a school that I previously went to, and just just to recap for other people, it is a 10th through 13th grade school where it is actually at a college. It is not a high school. It's actually at the college. You're there for the whole day. And throughout this day, it gives you the opportunity to, after the 13th grade, graduate with your high school diploma, um, a lot of transferable college credits, and your college degree. It's an outstanding program. It's amazing. And it all does it for free. And it's 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 something that I always suggest for people to do. However, I had to hit her with some of the hard questions. I believe a lot of the schooling and college, it it's starting to play a lot. And a lot of young people are feeling like it's like this money scheme. And it's we're not able to do as much with this degree as we were before. 
what do you think is most important that let's say I wouldn't suggest that everybody says, hey, bye bye school. You I wouldn't want a nurse or a doctor saying, yeah, I self-taught myself. It's it, it isn't it's not gonna be a good look. But for when people are going to school, I've heard so many complaints about, hey, the teacher doesn't seem like they care, right? What would you think is the main thing that needs to change in this teaching industry for today's age? You, well, um, and that's a very good question. It's, a, it's an outstanding question. One of the things that I think that has to change is the learning environment. So for my courses, I love video. I love interaction. Um, it's understanding that within the classroom are different types of learners. So I need to tap into the person that just needs to hear me give a lecture. But I also need to, cre to create a visual for those individuals that really need to see the big picture, to really, really need to see how the subject that they're learning is going to actually help them in the future. One of the things that I do in all my classes is I tell students that they are the next leaders. So I need for you to see and understand that you are a leader, that this degree is not just about you going to get a job. It's about helping you understand who you are as a person. You know, within a college campus right now, somewhere there's another president, there's another CEO, there's another person that's going to uh, come back and, and do what Facebook has done, what Mark Zuckerberg has done with Facebook. There's, there's another artist, there's another Stevie Wonder. I mean, there's all different types of people sitting in a university. And so what we have to do is tap into their creativity and let them see that with the degree you have possibilities, mm. that you have opportunities. You can take the degree and create and chart your own path. You can do something different. It doesn't mean that you actually have to uh, just go work in a corporation. Maybe you are the person who will create the corporation that actually hires people. So one of the things that I think is important for uh, this century of leaders that are in college that will be transitioning into leadership roles is painting the understanding of opportunities. They need to know that they can do and become whatever they desire. And that as an educator, as a professor, my job is to tap into that. And so I use video. I, I love debate. I want to hear you talk. So in my classrooms, you, it's not just me talking. It's you talking because your opinion actually matters. And so if we can transform that, if we can transform thinking, if we can transform the understanding that you have a purpose, that you have a destiny, that you have goals, that it is okay for you to think outside the box and not um, be limited. Because without uh, creativity, we would not have uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, all of these different online technologies that we actually have, the creators of those, Amazon, they had to think outside the box. Now, it is important if you are going to start a business that you understand debits and credits and, you know, and, and yeah. legal. And, and so, you know, college is going to give yeah. you a foundation, but you can take it and chart your own course if you really you know, understand what it is that you want. And so while you are navigating uh, your university experience, think about how you will take 
what you have learned and how you will use it to transform others and transform yourself. You know, really understand what it is that you want. So in every class that I teach, I tell every student, you are a leader. You matter. You have purpose. You have vision. I'm trying to reinstill in them the understanding that there's no limitations on their life. Now, for a person who may not believe that the university experience is for them, and that's where I that's where coaching really works for me, then it's about what do you do well? What do you like to do? Are you good with your hands? You know, um, let's talk about what you do well. And then now let's chart your course in that direction. You know, and I'm glad that you kind of perfectly segued it into the next thing that you do. You said you have to the the main thing that I really got was when you step into college, it's not anymore college is going to tell me what I want to do. It's I need to know what I want to do because you can't expect the degree to now work for you. You have to work with the degree. Yes. And you have to work with what it says. You have to be the worker and let the degree be the tool yes. instead of the degree be the worker and you're just a tool. That is correct because you're taking, you you are creating your profile. Your, you know, it's, it's, it's your resume. It's more than just putting on your resume, I graduated from XYZ University. Yeah. But what did I learn? How can I use this to transform my life? You yeah. know, maybe I want to work in community organizing. So, you know, there's some things I need to learn about public policy. You know, all of those different types of things. Maybe I believe that I can be the next president of the United States. You know, so what do I need to know um, if I want to work in government? Maybe you might start your journey and figure that you want to work in government and then find out that you're really gifted in the arts. And so that university experience will help you make that decision. The important thing is that we have to encourage creativity. We have to encourage people to step outside their comfort zone. And one of the ways that people can do that, they have to look at their inner circle. They have to look at who's telling them no, that they cannot do it. Then they have to find people who will tell them, yes, you can. And when they find that right group of mentors and coaches and leaders, that they can move forward. And the other reason why that is so important is because leaders, and I consider myself a leader, leaders inspire. They create an atmosphere that gives people hope. And when you can give people hope, you can help them see possibilities. Now, you've been doing this throughout the whole podcast. Um and what you've been doing is dropping these nuggets, dropping these tidbits for people to kind of really catch a hold on to and keep next to their soul, keep next to their, let's say, action mindset. And that is one of the other things that you do. You are a motivator. You are a life coach. You, I believe, recently just um, received, first of all, not within the life coach. I don't know if this plays within the life coach, but an entrepreneur award. Um, Distinguished Toastmaster Award. Yes, yes, yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I am a member of Toastmasters of International. I support a local club. And Toastmasters is an organization where you can improve your public speaking and leadership skills. I love it. Because for anyone who is afraid of public speaking, afraid of facilitating a meeting, this is an organization where you can learn how to do that. It's very inexpensive, and you use it as a lab. You, you use it to test yourself. One of the things for anyone that's in business, that wants to start a business, that has ideas, being able to 
effectively communicate verbally is very important. To give a presentation, to speak, to want to participate in a podcast, it's important that you have those skills. One of the things that I really love about Toastmasters, it gives you confidence. Because after you give that first speech, you're like, oh, I can do this again. So where do you find them at? They are scattered all over the country. But for the, the one that I attend is called Tech Talk Toastmasters. And it's located in the Tech uh, Town building in downtown Detroit. Beautiful, beautiful. Hopefully y'all were able to kind of write that down. Now, would you consider yourself a life coach? Yes. Now, what does that mean to you? There are some... I, I talk to people about, you know, bad me, about being a better me every day. And the one of the first things that they asked me, matter of fact, I got this question literally yesterday, was, so are you like a life coach? Is is that what you're doing? And, and to me, I told him, I'm 25? Uh, no. Um, but what I can tell people is the wisdom I've learned over certain years about how I am able to be better individually. So... I said no to being a life coach, but what does a life coach mean to you? And so there are a lot of different variations, and, and, and people have different segments. I consider myself a life coach in, in the respect that I am trying to help you maximize your living by talking about finances, talking about health care, your health care, helping you see that you have purpose, vision, goals. One of the things that, because when you recognize that you have talent now you see that you have opportunities so when i look at myself as a life coach it's about helping you discover a better you and that's you know my philosophy i am here to help you understand who you are so that you can see that you can move forward and so my coaching is all about diving into what makes you tick what you know what goals do you have what dreams do you have what directions do you need to have? And so I'm like your partner. I'm just helping you understand who you are so that you can actually navigate life. And so when I look at coaching, it's about helping people understand that they have possibilities and that in order to maximize your life, you actually have to understand what is important to you. What is your life made up of? You know, are you afraid of something? Are you, um, do you need a push? Do you need a challenge? Do you need a motivational message? You know, telling people that you are the greatest is a great thing, that it's okay to be, a, to be afraid of something, but confront the fear and then push forward. And so that's how I utilize life coaching. You know, what's very interesting is what you were just talking about. Um, I don't know if any of you all know as well, but um, out of the plethora of things that she already uh, does, she is as well a book author. And something that you said reminded, reminded me of a book that you actually wrote, and I believe it was Fall Forward. Yes. Yes. So I love that book. When I wrote that story, I was talking about myself because believe it or not people who as we're all navigating life and pushing forward we all have challenges and things that we actually have to overcome and when I wrote fall forward I was talking about how I had to overcome my own self-doubt about my abilities every person who has achieved success didn't just wake up one day and say "Woo, here it is they had to actually overcome some things to get to that place 
And so I wanted to share my story about how I had overcame success, how I confronted fear, how I had to change my mindset. And then, then I, I was really speaking in that particular book to women because I recognized that sometimes as fe females, we have different challenges. And so I wanted every woman to know that they had, that they mattered, they had purpose, they had value, regardless of the situation. Because if you can overcome some things and still be standing, you're tough, you're able to make it. And so that was part of me just letting people know that yes, you know, I've done these things now, but I had some challenges that I had to overcome as well so that I could be able to coach you, so that I could walk along that journey with you and push you to success because I had to deal with my own issues as well. It's interesting. Um, so I kind of look at people, or let's say if you are a life coach, um, and the reason why I wanted to bring out the author standpoint of it is because I feel like, you know, a book is something that you just, you rarely find someone throwing away a book. It's more they try and donate it or give it away. You just don't usually pop it in the trash or pop it in the recycling bin, whatever you do. Uh, make sure to recycle for the environment. Um, <laughs> oh, But I kind of look at the books as, I don't know, qualification factors of you being able to, let's say, be a life coach. Because look, even if someone's lived, let's say, 75, they have a whole bunch of experience. Does that qualify them to be a life coach? They may have consistently made bad decisions until they've been 70. So um, within that, I just noticed you do have a plethora of books. How many books have you written? Uh, six. Six. And I'm working on three right now. Wow. Mm -hmm. And you all see why I think of her as the busiest woman that I know. Um, <laughs> you do so much. Now, I did want to go just a little back into the life coaching right before we end. Mm -hmm. um, what, how do people really find, um, let's say, so what's the main difference between a life coach and let's say a therapist or um, someone who can give you a good word? What's the main difference? Okay. What makes a life coach valuable? So a, a life coach is helping you navigate life. Uh, with therapy, maybe you need a psychologist or you're seeing um, a psychiatrist because you have like certain issues. But with, with life coaching, for many people, it's about navigating life, helping you see that you know, maybe you got laid off and you need some assistance in, in getting a resume. And you may not know the first step in actually making that transition. Um, and so a coach can help you see it's going to be okay. You know, in life, we have some challenges. And so, you know, here are some steps for you. Here are some things that you can do. It also creates accountability for you as the individual because a life coach, a good life coach is helping you navigate your life. So they're asking you questions. So you really want to do that. You want to start a business. Okay. Uh, what type of business? And so it, it makes you have some accountability as well because you have to really define as an individual that wants coaching, define your goals. And so the coach is going to keep you on track. They're going to share information. They're working with you to help you see that, yes, you can overcome this issue. We all have challenges, but I'm here to help you navigate this issue. We're more with therapy you really have, there's something that you're trying to overcome. 
that's a little bit more deeper than just navigating, you know, life. Because life coaching is about helping you understand credit, helping you understand finances, helping you understand what you might want to do with your children, where your goals are. If you are in college, how you navigate uh, that first college experience, being away from home. So that's coaching. Um, but therapy is that there's an issue there. You know, there's something that I, I need to narrow my focus. I need you to help me with this challenge. Maybe um, I'm recovering from a uh, bad relationship or marriage. So that's a little bit different as it relates to therapy as opposed to helping you maximize your life so that you can live better, so that you can be live a better me, as you will. So, so coaching is a little bit more about helping you navigate the different areas where you believe that you need help and assistance so that you can achieve a goal. So this... I'm sorry, y'all. This is actually a very interesting question. This question is coming from me. Do you think anyone can be a life coach or do you think there are parameters around the life coaching field? Like, do you have to be a certain age? No, I do not. I think that, um, you know, you have to really look at and understand that with coaching, you're helping people. So it's not about you. It's about um, them. So it's accountability. It's... um, you know, being there sometimes to help them navigate different challenges of their life. It's being a leader. It's being inspirational. And so, you know, if you believe that you are inspirational, that you can create hope, that you can help people see that life can be better, that you're willing to give them, you know, sound, solid advice and and, nat- and help them navigate those different areas, then coaching is actually good uh, for you. One of the things that I have learned to do that I, that might be different from different coaches is that it's not necessarily of me just telling you this is what you need to do. I need for you to tell me what you want to do. Mm. And then I can actually help you navigate that. And so I think that there is a difference when you look at sometimes coaching mm-hmm. as opposed to just dictating to you this is what you need to do. That may not be what you want to do. So I need for you to tell me what you want to do. And then now that how I work with you and helping you maximize your life. I love it. Everyone, professor, PhD, holder, author, motivator, everything. It has been an overall pleasure. You being on this podcast, I think so many people have so much opportunity in life to really go and chase after what they want. They and, really do. And you've just given them just some more knowledge on that. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for being on here. Um, this is the shout-out time. Um, you can shout anybody out that you really like, and make sure you plug in. Where where, where can we find you at? Um, do you have a website? Do you have social media? Where can we find you at? And, yeah, go. All right. Well, listen, everyone, you can follow me on Facebook at Dr. Regina Banks Hall. I am also on Twitter at Regina Banks Hall. I'm on LinkedIn uh, under Dr. Regina Banks Hall. I also have a website, uh, RBH Professional Development Institute. But if you just uh, type in rbankshall.com, you will find videos. You will find a motivational material 
I also have a YouTube channel. Please go to my YouTube channel at Dr. Regina Banks Hall and subscribe and become part of what I call the Gene Nation, Motivated Men and Women on a Mission. I share motivational messages. I uh, share tips on how you can maximize your life. And then finally, if you are struggling with fear, if you believe that there is something that you want to do and you haven't figured out what it is, I want you to sign up for my course. It's a back to school special and it's called Overcome Your Fear and Soar to New Heights. You can find a link to that on my website at rbankshall.com. I guarantee you that all of us, as I say in my closing remarks, have the ability to achieve and do whatever it is that we desire. The choice is ours, and I am here to help you along that journey. It's been a pleasure. And with that, keep being a better you.